Hey, listeners, welcome back to Get Inspired and Innovate. Today, we're going to talk about winding up the school year. So we're just going to jump right in today. We've got one of our, I'm just going to call him area local experts, uh, John Carippo, joining us today. shouldn't say area because you're in California and we're on the East Coast, I guess. But you've been on the show so much, you just feel like family at this, uh, this <laughs> point. So welcome to the show, John. Well, the world is my area. So, yeah, I'm local. What's wrong with that? Everybody's local now, right? Everybody's local. Yeah. Yeah, especially with uh, the internet. There you go. That's right. And the Zoom. Best thing from COVID was the Zoom. The Zoom. There you go. All right, John. So uh, I'm sure we're all at the same point. Uh, We're closing out the school year. I'm actually closing out the school year and getting ready for summer school, both all together. Um, We want to continue to engage our students in the learning. Uh, keep them going, keep that higher order thinking going all the way up to summer so that maybe we don't lose so much. So what, what's your what's your plan? How are you working with teachers? What's your plan to keep teachers and students involved in the learning right now? Well, uh, I will tell you, my first year of teaching, which was, I think, 1995 or 96, our principal got us in, in the staff meeting and he said, you guys, I don't want to see countdowns. And I don't want to see vacation announcements because what you're telling the kids is that this, our time isn't important anymore and that I don't want to be here. And uh, the way that he really took that home for me was um, he said, don't wind down the year, wind up the year. And I really took that to heart my whole career. Although I will tell you guys, I just shared a blog post. You can see it on social media about, Uh, the idea of fantastic finish and fantastic finish is the opposite of smart start and of all the things I think I'm good at at teaching I'm bad at ending the year and I wasn't getting a lot of help from my teacher friends because what everybody does classically and you guys tell me if I'm off base but classically what happens is you know projects are winding down we're starting to give kids more busy work and or movies we're, we're depending on field day, but we've kind of gone to the end of our rope as far as uh, structured leadership content. Would you guys agree with that? It's kind of a, you know, the last two weeks are kind of a twilight zone. And I think because of that unstructured, um, I see a lot of student behaviors going up because there yeah. is that well, the, my, my current metric is TikTok. And so if you see what teachers are complaining about on TikTok, you are correct. Yeah, right, so, they are like, why is this kid acting crazy? And it's like, because it's just busy work. Well, or it's just- and they, they've sensed the wind down beginning. Yeah. They yeah. sense that. Yeah. So, some so, teachers so, started winding down weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so, John, I know that you said fantastic finish. And I, I'm sure our listeners are out there saying, it's just one more thing I got to create and I got to do. So, I know you and I know you've got a plan and it's, it's the KISS method. And for those of yeah. you who don't know that acronym, so, so tell us about this fantastic finish and, and how easy it is to roll out and do. Well, and, and I'll just, I'll start with the easiest possible way. Okay. So the other big thing that happens in the last quarter of our year is, quote, testing is over. And another thing you teachers posting a lot of is, oh my gosh, we can finally not worry about standards because testing is over. And so with protocols, with an edge of protocol approach, you could have been doing that all year. 
So one of the things that I like to tell teachers is if there's an app or a tool, like let's say you've been thinking about WeVideo or Nearpod or Pear Deck or WordWall or Blookit or GimKit, you've seen it, but you're not sure what to do with it. It's the perfect time to try crazy stuff for 10 or 15 minutes. Even Jamboard, Stephanie, right? Uh, hey, you guys, I put in uh, five pictures in Jamboard of money. Um, arrange it into uh, an or, you know, uh, a 10 frame and tell me how you selected these objects and how much you think they cost. Like a price is right in Jamboard. But here's what's cool. The kids are engaged because you're doing something all new. You're not freaking out because if it all goes bad, who cares? It's, quote, the end of the year. And the parts you do like make you look like a superstar for next year. And like to your point, Lance Prep, I saw a person on Twitter about two weeks ago. Another one of the things that's happening right now is people are getting basically um, shanghaied, to use the old term, into subbing. Like, hey, you're a sub. Let's go. And um, so I saw a teacher tweet this. She goes, I, I got roped into subbing today. So I tried some Freyer models and it turns out that it's really cool. I will be able to do this next year. So you take that idea of like, think about it this way. Like um, if you have a friend who's like a super OCD planner and you go on a vacation with them, if anything goes off schedule, they become crestfallen. That's a word I like to try to say once a week. Because their fantasy has now collapsed. Now, compare that with a person that's a friend of yours that's like, we're going to Vegas. I got 500 bucks. I don't know where we're staying. <laughs> that person is less likely to experience that agony of defeat kind of thing. So for me, what I do, like, and I actually start spooling up as testing's finishing, right? Um, I'm gearing up. What are some things, either apps, again, WeVideo, Bitmoji, uh, Pixton, uh, GimKit, any of those things that I thought I could use, but I was always too busy, finger quotes again. It's the perfect time to tie some crazy stuff. And then teachers might say, John, how do I grade this? Easy. No problem. You tell the kids, everybody that finishes gets 10 points. That's all you got to do. So the grading is like boom, 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 boom. So there's this whole like mad scientist thing that kicks in for me at the end of the year. Um, so that's the simplest. And I'll let you guys throw me some comments. Do something that you never had time for or that seemed complicated that you can re-gift to yourself in the fall. That's my first take. Oh, I agree with that because then you already have the relationships with your students. You know their prior knowledge. You know what tech skills they have. And so you can kind of say, let's try this. You guys are going to help me yeah. learn. And there's no judgment either, because if it fails, it doesn't matter. Those kids uh, could literally, you could literally tell them, make a tutorial for my kids next year. Dude, that's going to burn a good two hours <laughs> right there, right there. Or you can flip things. If you're a protocols user and you already did worst Prezo to start the year, now you do worst Prezo advanced version because we've been doing this all year. I know how bad you can make it now. You can make it really bad. And those are great ways to wrap up the year. That's one thing that I try to always finish my year with is, you know, and I, I provide it for the students coming in is, what are five things you wished you knew coming into this class that you know now? Oh, that's a good uh, one. 
Yeah. Yep. So, so I'll have the students build out either a presentation or if they want to make even a video, some of them will get together and make a funny little video of, you know, uh-huh. Co- Coach Key is just Top five things. Top five things to not do it for Mr. Keys and make it funny, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, make sure that so, if you fart, you announce it. That's a thing for us. Uh, <laughs> if you're gonna like in my class, I, I told the kids, if you're gonna throw up, I guarantee you it's less embarrassing to throw up outside the room than inside the room. So if you're ever not sure, like if you're feeling like I think I'm gonna throw up, you just have to do, I'm out of here, and then. Uh, I will give you a hundred bonus points if you throw up out of the room. Of so the room. having kids share things like that to the new kids is hilariously good. Exactly. So a couple of mine is number one, Mr. Key is dyslexic. So if he says 74 is the answer, it's possible it could be a 47. <laughs> don't be That's afraid awesome. to say. Yeah. Don't yeah. be afraid to say. It's like the yeah, hitchhiker's guide to Mr. Key's class. Exactly. And the next one is if Mr. Key is on step number one and all of a sudden he just writes the answer down on the board. Be like, hold on, you skipped like five hold steps up. there. Go back. <laughs> you know, sometimes yeah. I have the answer in my head, and it just comes out on the on the board. So don't be afraid to say. Hey, and guess what? What a what a great thing to learn about yourself as a teacher too. I know yeah. several teachers. Uh, shout out to uh, Janelle Carroll. She had her kids do an edge protocol. She did a number mania on their favorite protocols. So now they're giving her feedback of which ones they like and why, and yet it's a creative, fun activity. Remember the grading, you guys. Ten points if you give me five things. It's simple. Ten, five things, ten points. Everybody's happy. So that's kind of my entry-level moderate version. Try something you've never tried and pay it forward in the fall. Um, there's a, a next level that I have that's called um, We Do... Uh, I, so I read a lot of Tom Peters. If you guys look right here, boom, I got my Tom Peters book ready to go. The Circle of Innovation. But this is innovation in business and marketing. So I read books outside of education and I transfer those ideas. Some people are like, oh, John, you have all these great ideas. Nope. I'm just using the books and the Google and I'm translating those things over. It would be like if you've ever seen a cooking show where a chef from the West Coast goes to the Deep South to figure out how to really cook okra, for example. Like, you're getting the thing from grandma. So what I do is I do that same kind of knowledge transfer in my class. Well, Tom Peters, in one of his books, has a thing called the Personal Brand Equity um, Reflection. And there's like 10 questions. I want you guys to think of that about this as a sixth grader. Um, new people you've met this year. A mentor you've gained relationships you've worked on, a skill you've gained, a skill you want to gain, what's something cool you're going to do in the next 90 days, which turns out to be the like that summer break is. So I took this idea from Tom and I mashed it up with the portfolio. And can I get an amen? If you tell most boy people, we're going to do a portfolio. It's like you shot them in the head. They're like, I'm out. Like whatever this is, I'm not doing it. So I renamed it to personal brand equity. And I can share you guys the slides for your show notes. But basically, the idea is I'm getting kids to think about what are their top 10 skills? uh, What are things they need to work on? Uh, They do a frayer on their favorite language arts stuff. They do a frayer on their favorite math stuff. They do a frayer on their favorite science stuff. They do a frayer on their favorite social science stuff. Um, They rate themselves as a collaborator. They give themselves feedback on a, as a friend. They ask friends for quotes that define them. 
So they're really thinking meta about themselves. And again, in the self-contained classroom, I spend about 45 minutes to an hour a day on them building like two slides a day. And in a week, we're all built out. Um, at the K-8 level, I don't have the kids share um, with each other. I just go over the slides with them. And you guys are like this for the kicker. Um, if, you'll, if your parents email me that you shared your slides with them and did a presentation, 25 bonus points coming at you. And what's really cool is I have parents emailing me going, oh my God, I never thought about stuff like this when I was in sixth grade. Thank <laughs> you so much for having my kid address these ideas. So it's really powerful. It can burn up an hour a day for a whole week or more. And, um, and it's all new. And then, you know, that's, that's, I call that the, uh, the professional, the PBE is the short version. And then I had my sixth graders last year do one first quarter and I let them compare the first quarter one with the fourth quarter one. And it was hilarious. Half of them said, I don't even remember writing this. This is crazy. I was so bad <laughs> in October and I'm so much better now. So that's another kind of a thing you can do is do a reflection on their year, but roll in those other kind of four C's things. Um, how are you with friends? How are you with collaboration? How do teachers see you? How do you, what's your personal brand? What are, what do people know you for? And that's another really great way to get kids um, thinking about bigger things at the end of the year, besides just like, are we going to watch Finding Nemo or are we going to watch uh, Toy Story for the 43rd time? Yeah, that's a fun activity. I like that you even asked them kind of that networking question of like, who have you met this year to get them kind and of. And if they about. say nobody, I'm like, dude, you need yeah. to think about that. And like just that networking piece of how we as educators and especially in business rely on that personal learning network. Yeah. Um, and so start building that in your classroom. That's awesome. So that's my kind of intermediate level is think of a way that kids can reflect on their year. Um, when I used to teach my film class, it was really fun. I would have them take clips from all of their videos and do a director's commentary over the, the craziest and most far out things that I don't know about their videos. So they would make like a highlight reel, like you would see on TikTok, right? It's just all these little slices. And then they would talk about oh my God, this is the shot where Joey forgot to bring the lights. So we did this and this and this to make it work. And this is the, the video where our camera was dead. So we told you that we innovated by shooting on our iPhones instead. And uh, this is the shot where we lost the original footage. So I did this to save it, right? So having your kids do some kind of reflective things like that in your class is really cool. Now, the third level that does frankly take a little bit more preparation, but I think it's worth the investment talk about called fantastic finish in particular so hear me out on this you got a little bit chatty at the beginning but i really want you guys to give me all those good questions that you do so basically when kids leave for the year there's a cloud hanging over them which is they've had some teachers telling them i have to be tough on you because middle school is scary i have to be tough on you because high school is scary They've heard their moms or dads say, I hope he gets so-and-so for a teacher because he's the good one. Kids have heard all of that. So they leave and there's a little cloud over them all summer long about what's next year going to look like. So I took that into account. And like I said in the, in the blog post, um, is that 
you can spend a couple days at the end of the year demystifying next year. So imagine this. I teach fourth grade. Steph, you teach fifth. And Lance, you teach sixth. Okay, so Stephanie, imagine how easy this is. My kids go to your class Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the second to last week of school. I mean, you can vary it, but I'm just making it simple. Get, Stephanie, guess where your kids go? Lance. Lance, you're the oldest kids in school, so your kids are going to go to kindergarten. And they're going to show the kindergarten teachers what they've been working on. 3D printing, coding, presenting. I'm the kindergarten teachers aren't always aware of what sixth graders are capable of doing. Plus they'll love seeing their kids. So then what we do is this, and here's the funny thing. I'm just bundling. This is, this is broccoli covered in cheese sauce. That's all this is. We can do some eight parts. We can do some math reps. We can do some fast and curious. We can do all the things I would have normally been doing, except I'm doing it with next year's class. And what they don't know is that I'm pre assessing them before they show up in the fall, which means all summer I could be thinking, wow, they really do know what compound sentences are. Or, hey, they're not bad at multiplication, but they don't have the decimals. I can use tools like WordWall, 99Math, all kinds of tools like that. It's actually pre-assessing the kids for next year. But what I'm telling the kids sitting in front of me is, hey, we're just going to have some fun for a couple of days while I get to know you. And that's fantastic finish. And I and I will wrap that description up with this. Before Fantastic Finish, I see kids in the grocery store over the summer, and they're kind of hiding behind mom. They're like, I see you over there, but I'm not sure how scary you are. And then when I, after I do Fantastic Finish with them, I see them in the grocery store. They're like, yo, Carippo, barbecue. I'm headed over to the tri-tip. Like there's a totally different gig with them. And they walk in on day one, and he check this out, Lance. I can do the same set of activities on day one that I did with them last year. And they're right out of the gate. Eight parts, little parts, sentence parts, math reps, random emoji. We're already running on day one. So I, I, I definitely feel you guys on saying, what's the prep? But if, you, if you're already a protocol person, it's nothing like Stephanie can testify to. And if you're not a protocol person, a little extra energy spent now is going to save you a ton of energy in September. And then you can roll it out school-wide. So imagine this, Stephanie, let's say you're the only extra protocols person at your school. You can say, you guys, I've prepared these five things for you to do each day. How long does that take? So, so there's a couple of ideas for you. Well, I knew I knew you would have a plan and it would be somewhat easy to roll out. So uh, hopefully our listeners are listening in and taking some notes on how to uh, wind up the school year uh, so that we can get the most out of our students. Yeah. And like I said, the, the big reasons for expending a little more energy at the end of the second hardest year in all of education history, the reason to invest a little time is, A, your kids are in a much better place over the summer which means they'll be in a much better place on the first day. B, you can test out some cool stuff so you can come right out of the gate next year. And then you can test out some new stuff. So not only coming out of the gate with new tools, but also new pedagogy. So it's like boom, boom, boom. So yeah, it's a little more energy. But if you're in a group, let, again, let's say we taught four, five, six 
we could co-plan it. I could go, hey, Lance and Steph, let's do 99 math on time, decimals, and numbers, uh, and, and money tomorrow. And then the next day, we'll do random emoji on compound and complex sentences. And then we'll do a quick eight parts. And then we can do a triple genre challenge. Dude, we're planned. We're planned. It's all good. Yeah, and this yeah. works This works uh, in all grade levels. If it's in high school, how many high school teachers have said, oh, my gosh, I have to review all of October because these guys are no good at this. Good. Find out what Algebra 2 looks like when they're still in Algebra 1. Sorry to cut you off, Steph. Um, no, you're good. We did something similar, um, but our school's a little bit different. We have fifth and sixth grade. And so our sixth graders are really nervous about going to junior high. Uh, the lockers, uh, the one-way hallways, having All two that. stories, yeah. everything. And so we've been doing two Just prep them the year before, right? Yeah. And then you pick up time. Like, oh, here, thanks for Stephanie for saying that. Okay, listen, what does teachers always say in the fall? I don't have time. And what do they always say at the end of the year? I don't have anything to do. So you're basically just transferring the all that time problem to the spring or the pre-summer, right? And is that what you guys did? And how does that work? Tell me more about that. Yeah, the kids are loving it. Um, I printed out a map of both schools and like the layout uh -huh. of it. And just their questions and anxiety just went down when they could see the building. Because I have been a coach in the junior high and the first day kids are like, Miss Howe, like you're the only person I know here. Where do I go? And I'm like, uh, hey, at least they know one person. Yeah, and so like getting them to the just their classes can be really fun. Um, yep. And then the locker combinations. Some of them were like, I'm gonna buy a lock. Like this, this is actually this is a happen. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. a real life thing. This is a thing. Um, so it's been a well, lot. Then of one of my favorite tricks is do your orientation as a fast and curious in Gimkit. Mm -hmm. And then you do it every day for five minutes. And on the last day, you do a draw that model, right? And so now they're all super engaged. And all those things like, you know, what time does the bell ring? or What lunch am I in? All those things are just part of the way you do protocols anyways. Yeah, definitely. All right, John, we're going to go into our next segment, which is our meme and quote. What meme or quote did you bring this week? Uh, let's see. I got to open the dock. Do you have the dock open? Yeah, it's a wet man does not fear the rain. Okay, so a wet man. I love this one from the perspective of this is also end of the year centric. Um, but I've heard too many teachers in my career tell kids, you're not a good test taker. And I think that that is a disservice to the kid's self-image. So the idea is that the kid has somehow failed, right? So I love this one, a wet man does not fear the rain. I forget why I ran into it, but I just saw it and I was like, oh my God, I love this. But basically the idea is this is not teaching to the test and this is not just doing test prep, but it's preparing kids for the volume of work and the type of work they're going to see on the real thing. And so my classic way to do this is, Lance, if you're the best baseball guy in the land, but I take you to a softball game, you're not going to be your best because you're not optimized for that exact experience. And you could be a great tennis player, but that doesn't mean you translate that to ping pong, right? So here's a good example in real life. And Stephanie, you've probably seen this one out there on the Twitters. Last year, I screwed up royally, you guys. I got to April and I realized I had not taught genres. 
And it was a crazy year. We were in and out of distance learning seven times. I didn't even meet my class till November 1st. You know, it was just chaotic. But I went, oh, my God, I have not taught genre as a thing. We've dabbled, but I haven't taught it. And so what I realized was that in my teacher brain, what my teacher classic brain was telling me to do was we'll just divide the last 12 weeks of school and we'll do one genre for two weeks per, per and that'll be the classic teacher way to do it. You know, just divide, slice it up. And then I thought, no, I'm better than that. So here's what I started doing, you guys. I would give the kids one picture and they had to do three genres about one picture. Because guess what they're going to get on the end of the year test, you guys? They're going to have to write three genres of essays or four genres of essays. They're going to have to analyze InfoLit. They're going to have to analyze. Yeah, analyze. Boy, I'm just making up words because of my cold medicine. They're going to have to analyze. I, just, I think I said analyze. They're going to have to analyze InfoLit articles. They're going to have to analyze a poem. They're going to have to analyze narrative. They're going to have to do those in a single setting. So you don't get to do just like a month of infolit and then a month of argumentative and then a month of, month of persuasion. So I started really switching my class around a long time ago so that the way my class feels emulates what's going on in the end of the year test. And that to me is the, the idea of a wet man doesn't fear the rain. And, and way back in the old days, I used to have my kids do a hundred question reading quiz, uh, quiz every Thursday. And I called it Reading Olympics. And I would cobble together four or five 20 question tests. And because here's what I knew on the California test, they were going to see 65 questions in one sitting. 65. Now, compare that with the way a lot of classrooms run. And it's not our fault. It's what the textbook has tricked us into doing. But Stephanie, you see a lot of classrooms. This is what I see. We're going to read six pages. It might be popcorn reading. I might read it to you. You might read silently. And then we're going to have seven questions on Friday. We might have done two activities. That is nothing like what they're going to see on the test. Because what they're going to see on the test is 50 to 60 questions on four to six readings. So I decided to make my class feel like the test and guess what my kids grow like crazy and they don't cry about the test and they're cool with it because we've been working in the same basic idea as the test so that's the idea of the wet man doesn't fear the rain on the math side it looks like this we do performance tasks via three-act math so every week we're doing a three-act math test and it's big mass and they're not sure, and it's a disaster. But I haven't seen anything from the publishers that are giving us anything that looks like a performance task in California. So how's that? Do I, does that trigger some thoughts? Yeah, it does sound fun. Um, especially like uh, today we had field day and it was raining and the kids were still out there playing. And I was thinking of this quote when I, when I first saw it. Uh, just, <laughs> they're already wet. Just, just keep on playing. It doesn't, they're not feared. Like yeah. they're not scared of it. They're already wet. <laughs> yeah. Or I used to take care of saltwater fish, right? And yeah. acc acclimating the fish to the water is mm -hmm. a part of the success with saltwater. Because when you put the fish in water that's too much colder or the pH is different too quickly, it can stress the fish out so much that it will uh, die. 
Yeah. And um, and and so the acclim- acclimating people to the environment is the thing, and it's the, just a good old boiled frog now, isn't it? Like this is how we're going to do it, and after eight or ten or twelve weeks, you'll be used to it, and and it works out really really well. Um, so my quote this week uh, is about meetings. I feel like I've been on a lot of meetings lately. Um, and I feel like sometimes we have meetings to discuss our productivity uh, and it's suffering because we're always attending meetings. And sometimes yeah. like John says, like, it's an easy fix. It's an edgy protocol. We should not be in meetings. We should just be going and doing some of these action items. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I don't know if you guys know this, but in, in like in the Silicon Valley, the reason they call it a standing meeting is they actually stand in a circle and it's awkward to stand in a circle. <laughs> so the idea is the physical nature of the meeting is causing us to want to leave. So everybody shares their one thing and we go. So to your point, Stephanie, if I said, hey, guys, let's think about Fantastic Finish. Everybody look up one protocol you'll build for the group. I'll see you tomorrow at the standing meeting. Be prepared to explain the protocol you picked and we'll be done in 14 minutes. Look for the slides after. That's that efficiency you're talking about, mm-hmm. right? So we're not going to talk about our feelings and I heard about this and I heard about that. Bring one thing to our par- our potluck and it's fine if you bring macaroni salad. It's fine if you bring uh, canned uh, pork and beans. It's fine if you bring tri-tip. Everybody's going to bring a little something. And then we'll each decide which things we're going to nosh on or eat. And it's a more efficient way of doing it. Nobody has big meetings about potluck. They say, I'm bringing my famous jello salad. And everybody either eats it or they don't. And you don't have to debate jello salad for two hours. All right. So my quote for today is, uh, it, it isn't where you came from. It's where you're going that counts. So. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like that uh, a lot of times, especially being from the South with a little Southern slang, that uh, everybody thinks that I'm probably just a good old country boy. And just I guess part of Barry. Yep. And I guess part, <laughs> part of that may be true. But, you know, uh, I also feel like that, uh, you know, I have uh, I've earned a few things over the time. So I always try to tell my students because they, they kind of get in that syndrome, too, that I'm just a country boy from from you know, Cookville, Tennessee. And I'm like, no, you can do so much if you just go out and do it. Yeah. True enough. I totally agree. So we've learned a lot of takeaways from John tonight. And so we want to thank everyone for listening to Get Inspired and Innovate. And all of the show notes, all of the resources will be on the website at um, getinspiredandinnovate.com. And John, how can people connect with you if if they're already not connected with you? Well, I'm on the TikTok now at Jay Carippo, just like my last name. Um, on the Twitter at Jay Carippo, just like my last name. And then uh, the other place to find me is on the Facebook, John Carippo, J-O-N Carippo. There's not many of us out there, so I'm easy to find. And uh, don't forget, everything comes with free lifetime tech support. So if any of your listeners are like, I like this, uh, I'm drawn to it like a moth to the flame, but I need more, just drop me an email, jcarippo at gmail, uh, because all my sessions come with free lifetime tech support. Yeah, so if you're not already, make sure you buy the books. Um, there are three currently. I think there's a couple more coming out, hopefully very four. soon. There's four because the deploying oh, yeah. just came out. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's four out, and hopefully there's a couple more coming on their way. So make sure you connect with John. And thanks again for joining us tonight.